Hey metalheads, you like tattoos? Of course you do. If you're in the Louisville, Kentucky area, come on over the bridge to Clarksville, Indiana and get you some ink done at Ageless Art. If ink isn't your thing, they have a piercing studio as well. Visit agelessartclarksville.com to see some frequently asked questions, meet the staff. The shop is open Monday through Thursday, 12 to 8 p.m., Saturdays, 12 to 10 p.m., and Sundays, 12 to 6 p.m., all appointment-only spots. You can set up your appointments by phone at 812-283-1793 or email agelessarttattooandpiercing at gmail.com and someone will get you set up for your first or your next tattoo or piercing. Hey, it's Jeff McNichol down here at Mom's Music, 1900 Melwood Avenue. I was just thinking, when I was a kid, the magic was at Frankfurt Avenue, the Mom's Music at Frankfurt Avenue, and I used to beg people to get a ride down there just to hang out with the guys and see all the cool gear. Now that I'm the owner of this store, it's like a dream come true. We're recreating the magic with the vibe that we used to have at the old store. We're carrying all the gear that you're going to possibly want. We're giving you the outstanding service and personal attention that you deserve. Yeah, so we've got the great guitar shop here. We're carrying USA Fender, USA Gibson, Paul Reed Smith, Gretsch, Jackson, Charvel, anything you could possibly want. We're going to have it for you. Mom's is and always will be Louisville's music store. Tuning into the Metal Forge, I am Mark Jackson and I am your host. The premise of the show is pretty simple awesome interviews and awesome music. If you want to contact me, hit me up at metalforgeradio at gmail.com or visit the website metalforgeradio.com. And now, let's get this show on the road. What's going on, Metalheads? Thank you all for tuning into the Metal Forge this week. My name is Mark Jackson and I am your host. I have Jerome Marshall from the band Hatemonger, Chicago's own Hatemonger, here in the Metal Forge studio today, and we're going to be talking about the Vile Maxim EP that just was released earlier this year, their performance at Heavy Hill 2, and so much more. And if you're going to be out and about this Halloween, and you're in the Chicagoland area, go see these guys. They are performing at Bourbon on Division. Tickets are $12.50 to $17. They are playing with Cloak, Demiser, and Hatemonger. Check them the fuck out if you are going to be in Chicago on the 30th. Because that's fucking awesome. And they put on a great fucking show. And unfortunately, we are coming to a close of spooky season here at the Metal Forge. And today, I am going to make this special, special announcement that... It's midnight on Halloween. I will be releasing a Vanek Reforged episode. Yeah, I got to speak with Vanek earlier this week, and we got to talk about some awesome fucking stuff, and he will be my guest this Sunday on Halloween. Check it out, because it's totally cool, and Vanek absolutely rocks. But 
what are you guys going as? I had some people tell me they were going as the Juice Demon. You know, Beetlejuice, as they say. Uh, the Spirit Halloween version, Juice Demon. Uh, I've got some people going as Fester. I, I got to see a Fester costume, which I absolutely love. It is great. And just so many more. I don't know if I'm going out on actual Halloween. I know this uh, tonight, actually, is going to be Stonecutters and Lava Born and a few others. I believe Crypticam is playing that show as well at the Mag Bar in Louisville, Kentucky. And I think I'm going to be going to that. Got to go see my boy Nick in Stonecutters because he is rad as shit. And, you know, we haven't seen each other for a long time. But it'll be fun. It'll be awesome. It, it, it will be. I, I have nothing but total, total, total faith in that. Down below, there are links to the sponsors. And without you guys supporting them, they can't support the Metal Forge either. And I am so grateful that you all do help these businesses. Whether you're listening to their podcast, you're buying instruments from them, you're going and getting tattoos, you're going to the Discogs page. Thank you all so much, and continue to please support all of these guys. You know, Ageless Art, Tattoo and Piercing, Mom's Music, Maxwell's House of Music, Better Days Records, Unchained Tapes, Mercenary Press, The Wrestling Steve Show, The Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast, The It's Gonna Get Weird Podcast. Keep supporting those guys, because every bit helps us at the Metal Forge, and it helps them too. Also, making sure you all uh, click on the Spotify playlists as well. You get to hear all of the previous uh, bands that have been on the show, and you'll be supporting those people as well, too. Thank you all. But I do want to just go ahead and get into this week's episode. Again, thank you all so much for listening. I absolutely, you know, from the bottom of my black heart here, I, I appreciate you all. Thank you so much. And this is from Hatemongers Vile Maxim EP. This is Death Age.
All right, metalheads, this one is awesome today because I had the pleasure of seeing this band back in August at Heavy Hell 2 at Black Circle Brewing in Indianapolis, Indiana. If you've never been there, you need to check that fucking place out because it kicks ass. I have Jerome Marshall from Hatemonger on the Metal Forge today. Jerome, dude, how the fuck you doing? I'm doing all right. You know, I'm just uh, got a big week here ahead of me. Definitely. Got a lot of shows, shows I'm playing. Uh, got an album dropping later on this week too but uh nice we're talking about we're talking about hate mongers so let's focus on that oh wow you have something you have something else dropping from from something else i do i do i uh have another band called contrition and uh our lp comes out on this friday 1029 or today or yeah that's today yeah that's today (laughs) Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I think I think it's no secret that we we do pre-record most of these interviews. So, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, uh I have very what uh you know, it, what you would refer to as in the wrestling business smart fans. Right. <laughs> Everybody knows. it's like I try to keep I, I try to keep the kayfabe going with saying, "Hey, I've got him in the studio today." When it was really like two two or three days ago. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, it awesome. Happens, man. Awesome. So, uh, obviously, you know, with the way metal is today, everybody seems to be in multiple bands. Oh, yeah. And I think, I think the pandemic definitely um, made that more of a thing, you know, because of the time and the lockdown and being inside and not being able to play shows, you know. Oh, absolutely. And shows are like our bread and butter and not being able to do it. Well, well, what else are you going to do? Definitely. <laughs> definitely. And I think that's where I changed my mode of thinking over the pandemic about this, quote, local metal or local music scene. With a pandemic, I've been turned on to so many new bands that have been outside of Louisville, Kentucky, which is where I'm from. Outside of there, that it's just like, I'll have friends from here that are in bands from, you know, that have members in Texas and California. And it's like, where exactly are they local to? Right. So I, I've went to calling this, instead of calling it local music, independent music. Yeah. Because it's because of that, because of the pandemic, there's just been so many upstart bands. Right. Which is which is awesome. Uh, so, Hatemonger, tell me about it. Well, Hatemonger uh, kind of, it's been a... Uh... A band that pretty much Gary Naples and I had started uh, maybe back, you know, I think we wrote the first song maybe back in like 2017. And it was, uh, you know, it was in a different tuning. And it was a song that like we, we were writing songs that uh, we, we were in a band called Cast Aside. Cast Aside was a main stage Chicago, you know, um, New wave of American heavy metal band, I would say. Right. And they uh, were around a while. Yeah, they were around, uh, or we were around. I wasn't, uh, me and Gary weren't initial, like, initial members of the band. We came into the fold way later, you know, so, like, right. but then again, we kind of, like, took the reins on it and then kept on playing in other bands and kept on playing and, you know, eventually realized that, uh, you gotta make it happen one way or another. Definitely. So, Cast aside, unfortunately, um, it's no longer a band. You know, everybody kind of went their ways. We were thinking about, we, 
we might end up getting back together and doing like a reunion show someday, but overall it's uh, currently inactive. Gary uh, also plays in a slew of other bands. Uh, I'm looking at the metal oh, archive, yeah. and I see like Abigail, ex-Abigail Williams, live musician, The Clawless Clone. Wolfhammer. <laughs> Without okay. Waves, yeah. Without Waves, yeah. The list, the list just goes on and on, and it's, and it's all kick-ass, like... Yeah. It's all kick-ass metal, you know? Definitely. So you two got together in, in 2017 at the kind of at the ending point of Cast Aside and decided. Yeah, to, I mean, we, we, we've always been together. Yeah, yeah. We've been, we've like, you know, been sharing a rehearsal space because I used to play at a, at a band called Still Hunt Malice, which turned its name into Blood of Another, which played with uh, a band called Calgary, which is now known as Without Waves, but this has been a deal like we've had a rehearsal space in Chicago for like the past 15 years. So it's been a, it's been a long, you know, Gary and I met years before we even joined cast aside together. Um, uh, cause we went to the same college, Loyola university, Chicago. Okay. And at that college, there wasn't really much of a, a metal scene. It was like, we were kind of like the metal, the metal guys, you know, and then kind of cultivated that scene or ended up not, you know, hanging out where I'm in Chicago. There used to be like an awesome, uh, store called metal Haven. I'm pretty sure you've heard of it or remember it. Right. And it used to be, uh, in a specific area in Chicago. It's, you know, where Wrigleyville is, uh, Lakeview. So like way back in the, uh, the last, well, I guess not the last decade, but the decade before that, like say around like 2003, 2004, it just was like a, that was where all of our scene was, you know, the, there's a store called the alley that was over there, you know, uh, record, uh, record stores. And, and then there was the, the metal Haven. So in metal Haven, like they always were able to get all the underground stuff that you couldn't get at, let's say a Best Buy or, you know, the stuff that's not being sold. That's Definitely. Like, you know, mainstream. It, it, it's, or, it's an, it's, it's a real niche place. Right. Indeed. So, you know, that whole entire scene kind of cultivated our, uh, our relationship. And then we just started playing shows together. And then we ended up, you know, getting a rehearsal space together. And we've had a rehearsal space since. So Gary and I were like writing immediately once, you know, cast aside kind of dissolved. So, um, with Hatemonger, you know, it was just like a lot of riffs going on. We had uh, our former bassist, uh, Tom, who, uh, doesn't get a lot of mention. He didn't record on the album and, who's a partial partial writer and, and making some of the stuff, but uh, we'd sit around and just, uh, just kind of come up with like the, the brutality. Eventually John Ferrata joined, who is also a member of Palta Morte and was in Wolfhammer and also plays in Abigail Williams. Once he came into the fold, you know, things started really flowing, you know, like he started recording all the, uh, all the guitars and, you know, just the whole entire focus of this band was just like absolute brutality. Once like, kind of uh, amalgamate like everything that we love about American death metal and Scandinavian death metal, you know, like very HM2 heavy, just nasty, but then also like elements of grindcore. So, you know, you definitely hear like, hear some napalm death influences in there, you know, like ASOC and we're big, like misery insects and index fans. Definitely. You know, you know, but then like also, you know, we're also huge fans of Carcass and Boltor and definitely hear like deicide and, you know, hypocrisy in there too. So it's like, it's all, it's all a mixture, you know, 
but we just like wanted to have that like very nasty, brutal grinding, you know, like Definitely. set off the chainsaw and start like you know well, going I, right into your guts. <laughs> absolutely, and I know seeing you all live at at Heavy Hell, the stage presence is definitely you can tell with stage presence that like y- you draw influence from all of those guys and and even like into the thrash stuff, you know, just with the oh, way yeah. the just like you're commanding on stage, which is awesome. Yeah. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. It was, uh, that, that, that performance was our second performance as, as you knew. I yeah. think I mentioned that on stage and everybody's like, holy shit, are you kidding me? And I was like, no, and it's like, that's, that's getting it. Right. Absolutely. <laughs> like, and and that at was that such point a we were like all bloodthirsty for like a show, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Sitting out for almost at that point, a year and a half for sure. For most people. And it was all, it it was so interesting that show too, because like everybody said that except for like two bands that like, Hey, this is our first show or this is our second show ever. And it's like, what? Yeah. (laughs) Which is like, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's good that we, uh, we're all able to come out and just do what we love. And then there's like newer bands out that, you know, slowly starting to, to get some recognition or, Oh, Just definitely. No. Hey, everybody. Let me tell you about the new sponsor to the Metal Forge, Unchained Tapes. They're an independent Pennsylvania tape label. They focus on extreme metal and punk with a killer approach to the tape scene. Visit their web store at unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com now to get your fill of tapes. And for being a Metal Forge listener, enter the code METALFORGE10 at checkout to get a 10% discount on your total purchase. That's unchainedtapes.bigcartel.com. Hey, let me tell you guys about Mercenary Press. They're an independent London label and distributor of all things metal. Mercenary Press delivers the goods from their own independent zine. Trust me, you're going to want to get in on that. To distributing various bands from all over the world, including Cramp from Spain and Sadistic Force from Texas. Visit mercenarypress.bigcartel.com to find out what all they have in stock and what you can order. And for Metal Forge listeners, enter code METALFORGE to receive a discount on your total purchase at mercenarypress.bigcartel.com. Check it out now. So back earlier this year, you all released the Vile Maxim EP. Yeah. Which, you know, five songs is perfect, you know, for an introduction to a band, I think. 20 minutes straight up. It's something you could pop on. It's a quick listen. And it sounds great, like production wise. Tell, Thank you. Tell, tell us out there about how, how that came about. Well, pretty much John Prada, the, uh, the other vocalist and guitarist. Um, he's been getting pretty good at, you know, recording. So he just kind of like essentially engineered, uh, most like we did all the guitars, recorded the guitars and, uh, recorded the drums initially. Like, you know, we just demoed everything out in our space. Then we like redid it and recorded it all. And, um, then we got Ken Sorceron, you know, of Abigail Williams to, uh, to mix and master it. And it took a, took a little while. He's like mixed through, uh, gave us a few mixes and we were like, that's all right. And, you know, 
after going back and forth for a while, he just kind of was like, all right, I'm going to scrap everything that I initially showed you guys and come back with like, you know, the end, the end result, which ended up being what you hear on the vial max, which he did an amazing job. He's, uh, he's, he's getting some good credits, uh, under his belt, you know, getting really good at the, the mixing and mastering on top of just being an amazing vocalist and guitarist. Him and I have like, and all of us in the band, like we've all had a relationship for, for years. I mean, as you can tell, uh, I mean, we were all like have some sort of incestuous thing going on here. Like Ken played in Wolfhammer for a minute and that was on a tour with, uh, Gary and John, uh, Gary and John also playing Bear Mace. So it's like, you know, we're all guys that play different things in different bands like definitely and uh ken and i we went on a tour when we were uh, in cobalt when we uh played with the obsessed in 2017 definitely and uh yeah you know like after being on the road with each other and talking about these things it's like everybody's like when are you finally gonna like release your project you've always been like you know the other guitarists in the band are like the lead guitarist it's, like doing backup vocals like when am i gonna finally like step up and and become the lead vocalist and uh, that time that time is now <laughs> so that's it's kind of like been the driving force and that's the driving force behind the sound and uh the vile max i get what you're saying it's like the time is now to do something like that because back when i said that i was going to do that i was i'd went through a couple of bands in the early 2000s and it was never it never really felt like home if that makes any mm. sense it always felt like the band i play in as opposed to my band Right. And I just had to sit there and say one day, you know, fuck this. I'm going to do what I do. And that's, it's been that way ever since. Right. Right. And that's, that's, that's the way to do it, you know. But that, this is like kind of a, you know, Gary also plays November's Doom. Like it's always like been joining other bands and becoming members of other bands, hired guns, out to do live performances and whatnot. Like, cause I toured with Cobalt too, uh, throughout Europe with uh Arazi Pazuzu and that was that was me playing bass so it's like you know I play bass I play guitar and I sing so you know it kind of got to kind of you know just stop saying no to things and started saying yes to everything <laughs> right you know I've always been that that musician that's been like I have to it, my overload's my primary thing you know and then I if I wanted to do another thing it has to be like a completely different thing has to be like a completely different genre or something yeah i mean it's all within like the main genre of metal but like a little subgenre like it's like hate monger is considered you know uh death grind right you know kind of like the death metal grindcore you know or then uh, right and then i would have to do something like a doom thing or a thrash thing you know something like that to where it's not not confusing. It's like, all right, well, which band is this? Which songs do I do I play on this? Is this the Doom stuff or is this the Thrash stuff? <laughs> you know? Right, right, right. It's definitely, definitely have to like, you know, I mean, with all the songs that we remember, you know, it's like it's crazy with us metal musicians. We're not like classical musicians or anything like that. It's not like we have sheet music up there. Right. It's all like it's all in our head. We uh, have to know it all. And, I was speaking yeah. with Pins from the band Basher, who also played with you guys at Heavy Hell that day. And he was telling me how it's like, you know, because he plays in High Spirits. He's one of the live musicians for Savage Master. And it's just like he has to 
mentally like, okay, I'm going to learn these six or these eight songs and, right. and we're going to go on tour. And then it's like a memory dump. And then I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to get back into this headspace and do this band. And right. it's like, I wish I could do something like that. <laughs> I mean, I, you, you could, man. Anything's possible. It's all better when you're, what you have the time to do. And, uh, the, where I, you place your focus yes it's, and it's just the focus. like what's booked you know and like what's you know every every day for me it's like it's something else you know because i also bartend right and bartend at like several bars in chicago and it's like all right you're a bartender here this day practice the next day with this other band and then bartend the next day and then practice two practices with two other bands and then bartend the next day it's like it's never like really a day off Right. It, it con, it, that's the thing with being a, being a musician. You're constantly, you're constantly on it. And if you're in a, yeah. and if you're in a, any successful band, you've got to really be on it. Oh, yeah. Of course. I mean, the, the idea is that all of them, you know, should become successful. You know? Right. At the same time, you know, well, definitely. You, uh, you do, you do what you do and, you know, see, uh, see how it all works, you know. Absolutely. Now, this, the uh, EP came out on CD and digital. You can get them on the Bandcamp page. Were you all considering doing anything? Did it come out on vinyl also? No, we'll probably eventually put that out on vinyl. Because, um, you know, the the EP is just like, I think it's like just over 20 minutes. Right. Somewhere between that 20, 25 minute range. And uh, we're working on the new EP. And like just getting our songs together for that. We're thinking about doing like one side Biomax and the other side the uh the new the new EP. The yet to be named EP. Yeah, well every yeah, time I ask if, the name. Every I, time I, I, I ask I don't want to give it up. Right. That's the thing. Every every time I ask, they're like, Well, I can't say right now. It's like shit, man. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I we, we I ideally we're gonna we're gonna wanna have that recorded by uh sometime hopefully mid next year. Okay. We're still we're still in the in the process of uh fine tuning everything and writing and, and Yeah, such. like so still, still writing it, going through what we like and uh you know, the lyric process with me is a whole entire different thing, you know. A lot of times like we sit up here and we write these uh these songs out and then I sit there and just like dissect, you know, parts and go through, you know, each song and you know, a lot of songs it's like I'll have like a rough draft and then there's a first draft, and then there's a second draft, and then finally when the final draft is ready, that's when it's, you know, it's time to go into the studio. Right. Now, when you get to the studio, do you ever get to the point where, because I'm a bass and vocals guy, and right. I always find myself when I get these ideas beforehand in, in my first and second and such drafts, but when I still get to the actual microphone and yeah. I'm feeling things out, it's like, you you cut out certain things. Do, do you do you still do that as well? Try to like once once we're in the studio, you know, because it's like time is money. We want to get in there and get out, like in and out, and just like try to knock it out as soon as possible. So a lot of times before I even go to the studio, you know, we we will have had to have like demoed out something a few times. And I need to like really. There's never anything that's like cut out for the most part. I mean, I'm sure that this process will evolve and change and different shit will come up and we'll figure it out but you know it's uh it's all a process for sure the new ep hopefully coming out sometime next year yep and hopefully on you know hopefully vinyl doesn't catch on fire again and be pushed out another year into 2023 it's it's, uh 
I don't see that happening, even though I know it's been backed up for a lot of people. I mean, unfortunately, uh, with my other band, Contrition, uh, we were able to, to uh, secure, I think, like, initial release is going to be like 300 vinyls. Okay. So which you can order through Bandcamp and all that stuff. But, uh, yeah, somehow we lucked out and got the album out because I know Without Waves, it's finished their recording and they have an issue currently with that. And I have no idea what that's going to be released, even though with me being friends of those guys and that band, I've pretty much heard all the new albums. <laughs> so that's that's like, always it, fun. It's ready. <laughs> you know, it's just a matter of when's it going to be ready for the release yeah you know that's something that's always been interesting to me as well especially in the the pandemic era and how vinyl has been backlogged for so many bands because you know six months nine months 12 months the the whole entire like when are we gonna tour again and once we do tour again you gotta like you know release it at the right time exactly even though I'm pretty sure, like yourself and myself, everybody's vinyl collection expanded immensely over the course of the pandemic. Oh my gosh! <laughs> I don't want to say too much because I, you know, I'm I I love collecting music. You know, just yeah. when I get into a band, I really am that guy that has to go and buy everything. Yeah, it's like okay, they had 14 albums. Well. Let me get all fourteen albums and listen to them from start to finish. Yeah, that's how it is with like me and like Bolt Thrower and Carcass. It's like I gotta have like the whole Hold the whole discography. Oh yeah. So like always like kinda like just filling in things, you know, like and we got we got some great record stores around here in Chicago. There's like uh Record Breakers, um uh Reckless Records. Uh there's a place called Bucket of Blood, which is by the original Kuma's Corner. Cool. It's also a bookstore. Like giving all giving all my little favorite places a plug here, you know. <laughs> definitely, definitely. I'll have to make the trip up there soon. I wanted to come this past weekend to to Reggie's to see the uh, Legions three point five, but I had to work that day, and it's a five hour drive for me. So yeah, yeah, and like, it's uh, kind of couldn't happen. Yeah, it it was kind of rough on me that day. So. I, I wanted to attend that too, but I had a I had a show with my other band uh, Yakuza. Ah, which I played bass for. Nice. And that was like our first show in over two years. I think the last time we played together was at Psycho Las Vegas 2019. So Dude, that that's, was that's rad. That was good. And the whole time we've been writing a new album too. So if you want to do another podcast on that, we can. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> when, when that drops out, because we're actually concluding recording that like really soon. Definitely. Welcome to the night. You think you know Night Demon? then the Night Demon Heavy Metal Podcast is for you. Step into the darkness as we peel back the curtain to give you an unprecedented, all-access look into the mind and the heart of the demon. We're talking band history, song analysis, studio anecdotes, stories from the road. It's everything a diehard Night Demon fan could want and more. This is the only place to learn the inside scoop, the deep dive trivia, the untold tales from the band members themselves and those closest to the Night Demon story. Need more? The sacred Night Demon crypt will be pried open to reveal demo recordings that have never before seen the light of day. All with in-depth commentary by the band and the people who were there for the writing and recording process. This is a gold mine, a treasure trove of all things Night Demon. Head over to nightdemon.net or wherever you listen to podcasts. Hey guys, Wrestling Steve of the Wrestling Steve Show here. 
so if you're currently listening to the Metal Forge with Mark Jackson, then you understand that Mark Jackson has a pretty discerning taste when it comes to music as a whole. You'll also understand that he has a discerning taste for professional wrestling, just like me. The, my show is called The Wrestling Steve Show. Uh, I talk about modern and classic pro wrestling in a completely unbiased, unfiltered way. Be sure to check me out on all available podcasting platforms. That is The Wrestling Steve Show, and I am the host, Wrestling Steve. Just remember, uh, like, like Confucius said, uh, man who goes through turnstile in Thailand uh, is going to Bangkok. Pro wrestling. I do want to switch gears here. I want to ask you, Jerome, some general profile questions about you as a person because we're all people and that's what matters. And yeah, it's all yeah. about the metal. Oh, uh, yeah. Since you are a bartender, you, you come into a lot of this. Beer or whiskey for you? Oh, definitely whiskey. I mean, I, I am a fan of beer, uh, but I am kind of like a whiskey kind of sewer. Nice. I, uh, I used to work at a bar called Twisted Spoke, which has like a immense amount of scotch and Irish whiskey and Canadian whiskey and clear whiskeys, bourbons and, you know, high end top shelf shit. So I'm, uh, I'm really well versed in the, uh, in the whiskey realm, but I also like tequila. <laughs> right. So I try not to ever mix. It's like, either, oh, you know, no. we'll be drinking one day. It's either going to be a whiskey day or it's going to be a tequila day. Right. Or, Lately, a tequila mezcal day. <laughs> On your whiskey, do you have a particular brand that you like more than anything else? Yeah, it's Jim Beam. Nice. Beam. So you're, Beam. you're you're a bourbon Beam guy. All day. I am a bourbon guy, yes. Cool. I mean, I'll fuck with the Irish whiskey, too, you know. But Jameson's played. If I were going to do anything Irish, it would be like tell them where to do her powers. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Priest or Maiden? Ooh, yeah, that's uh, that's a hard one, priest. Hell yes, for sure. I I love the. I mean, I'm I'm all about all about the dual guitars and maidens the shit and you know. But in regards to like go to listen to all the time, you know, screaming for vengeance, hell bent for leather. Absolutely, like, absolutely. I, I play that shit all the time, you know. And every time I, I, I one of the best live albums in my opinion. Unleashed in the East. Oh, I, oh, yes. My my favorite recording of my favorite priest song, uh, "Victim of Changes." Definitely. That's like that's a, that's a go to for me in in my playlist often. <laughs> I I work at a local record store here in Louisville, and we had a copy of that come in on vinyl from somebody's collection, and I, I played it in the store when you know nobody was really coming in. It was on a Sunday, and. It sounds so fucking good on vinyl. Yeah, it's, yeah, I got, I, got, I got it on vinyl too. <laughs> it's so good, and yeah. for what that album is, is like holy shit. Because oh, yeah. the the it, vocal it, it, track is completely recorded in a studio. Yeah, he was so roached out from like screaming his fucking head off on tour that the vocal track was unusable. So he came back and recorded in one take the entire show i mean that's the way to do it <laughs> dude i couldn't do that and that's fucking badass to me so shout out yeah, to rob you gotta, for that. you gotta still gotta still get that live element can't 
stop for any takes or anything. Oh, hell no. <laughs> hell no. And, you know, I, I just recently saw them for the first time. Oh, yeah, yeah. You, you caught him before uh, Richie uh, I, had this crazy little heart aneurysm thing. It was that Oh, was day. it at that show? It was at that oh, show. holy shit. Yeah. And so, you saw, so you saw the face he made once that happened. It was like, oh, yeah. So the painkiller solo, and you're like, man, and something don't look right. No, absolutely not. Right. And I knew that was going to be their last song because, you know, it's, it was a festival show and it was really just kind of a one off deal from the, from the 50 year tour. Yeah. I heard that like since, uh, you know, Metallica was headlining that night that they didn't play their normal. No, they, they were playing like 18 songs on the, on the actual tour. Right. If they actually had played that set, he probably would have died. Probably. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because yeah, so. as soon as the, as soon as he went off stage, apparently he was rushed to the hospital right then. Like, yeah, bam. as soon as his whole his whole uh, take I guess a order like opened up and splayed out, something fucked up. Like, yeah, it was like <laughs> in, apparently it was in like two places or some shit, which is crazy. It's but, it's, it's unbelievable that he was able to live through that because most people I hear bleed out in a matter of like a hundred seconds. Oh, absolutely. And it was crazy because I, w- I was looking up tickets the following day to go to see them in Nashville later on in October. And a friend of mine, I was telling him, was like, dude, we ought to go see the entire show, you know? And then like the, the, I didn't pull the trigger and buy the tickets that day. I waited it. I waited until Tuesday and he was like, dude, did you, uh, did you buy those tickets? And I was like, no. And he sent me the link. I was like, motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's like, well, it's a good thing you didn't do that. I mean, I'm sure there would have been a refund, but nevertheless, right. That's, that's a huge hassle to pain in the ass. Definitely. What was the first concert you ever attended? Uh, ever attended. Like metal concert or just concert? Just concert in general. What was the first thing you ever, what was the first live band you ever saw? Uh, I saw Michael Jackson in 1988. It was the bad tour. And it was, I mean, I was like three years old. I still remember it. So That's insane. And it was actually the last performance Michael Jackson ever did in Chicago. So kind of a legendary concert, you know? For sure. So, I mean, it was the last performance he ever did in Chicago? Really? Yeah. Yeah. That's weird yeah. because Chicago is, is like Chicago is like a, a new it's a New York. It's an L.A. It's a it's a big thoroughfare. You know, it's like. Some, yeah. But after, after that, you know, you know, after the 80s, that guy kind of faded into obscurity. And, you know, well, that's that true, too. Shit, you know? Yeah. He did have the resurgence there in like 91 with the Dangerous album. Yeah. I don't I don't know if he toured on that. I, I, I'm not sure if he did or not. Interesting. Then it was like selected markets or like big arena shows, like you know, they do the fucking Super Bowl one year or some shit, something like that. Yeah, uh, some show in like Hong Kong. Or some shit. I think that was also the time frame too, where his hair caught on fire. Yeah, yeah, it was like before that, or yeah, somewhere yeah. you know, somewhere yeah. in the eighties. Yeah, something like that. Uh, what was your favorite TV show growing up? Oh, that's a hard one. Um, I mean. I would say The Simpsons, because I grew up in the 90s, so like those first, you know, it's like season two through eight, it's like, still watch those, and they're right. fucking hilarious. They're classics. They are classics. I was also a big fan of uh, The X-Files. Cool. For sure. Yeah, that was, uh, you know, as a kid, 
remember like watching that for the first time. I was like, man, this shit's fucked. <laughs> right. I, uh, the the episode of that that always stands out to me is there was one where the like the husband and wife had divorced. And the husband kidnapped the son because he 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 had like a tail that the husband did, and he didn't want his son to to have one. And I was like, "Whoa, that's fucking weird." <laughs> yeah, like I, I I remember that one. It was always like you know the the paranormal or the the uh, the the aliens or the you know Definitely. all the all the like the weird tales that you hear of, you know, and legends. And oh, myths. for sure. What's the origin of that? Where did that come from? Why do people even like? Why is that even a thing? You know, definitely. They always had a had a good way of uh, showing you that it might be like some esoteric conspiracy behind it. All, <laughs> right. So yeah, it's uh, it it, it that was definitely intriguing as a as a child. It it has definitely spawned a tribute patch on my battle vest. Being eclectic people as metalheads usually are, we collect a lot of things. Oh, yeah. Especially, you know, going on tour uh, here, there, and everywhere. So what do you collect? Well, definitely records. You know that. Yeah. Uh, but I also, I guess I'm a collector of T-shirts. I have, like, fucking hundreds upon hundreds of them. <laughs> I have to, like, get rid of some. And so it's just from over the years, like, I used to be one of those guys that, like, every show I go to, it's like, yeah, I want to remember that. Let me get a shirt. Shirt, and now it's like it's kind of the point where I go to shows. And I'm like, I gotta give you guys money for something else because I don't even know where I'm gonna put all these shirts anymore. I totally <laughs> forget that I end up having shirts. And I also collect like uh, like a cult books. Okay, you know, I, I, uh, I have like a limited edition copy of uh, Alistair Crowley's Moon Child, it's like the first pressing of it. It's probably the most expensive book I've ever bought. And I've got, uh, yeah, just, I'm, I'm always like reading, like, just good, getting back to the X Files is like always like some weird conspiratorial, like esoteric, you know, not well known information. Right. And just, you know, weird occult fucking magic stuff. <laughs> you know? For sure. But yeah, other than that, I mean, like, it's, uh, I mean, I, I, I and obviously guitars. <laughs> like, I yes. Got, I got a lot of those. <laughs> Definitely, for sure, on that. What's your un- most unpopular music opinion? Some kind of monster. That was, uh, that you was know, a weird one. It, yeah. and I guess that would be that would be an unpopular opinion. That film is a that film is an outstanding look into the psyche of a very like popular band that has issues. Definitely. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's uh, looking back on, I'm like, wow, this is a little weird, but you know, I like to watch to it every couple of years. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're all human, you know? And, and imagine, you know, being on top of the world is like the top, like, not just metal band, but like arena rock band. Oh, yeah. In like your late 20s, early 30s, you know? Well, and being out on the road the whole time. And Well, here's the thing time gets skewed for a lot of people because, you know, we don't think of things as, as they actually are, you know, we think of things of how we romanticize, right? Or how we remember it. Exactly. You know, it's not like something that happened to us, but it happened to them. Definitely. <laughs> you know? Exactly. Uh, uh, and think of this. The Black Album came out in 1991. They weren't even 30 years old. Yeah. So by that same rationale, you know, it, that album came out, you know, 10 years after they, after they formed. So they that, that's insane. 
And they managed to put out four of the best albums ever. <laughs> All before they were 30 years old. All before and, they were 30. And completely changed the map of heavy music. Oh, yeah. And I think it, I think it, uh, it definitely, I mean, the first, the first album that I ever bought was Injustice for All. And I was like five years old, you know. Definitely. Five years old, like little black kid going into you know, a uh, record store and grabbing Injustice for All and taking it up to the counter with my allowance money. And, like, guys behind the counter are like, you sure you want this? You grabbed the right thing, right? <laughs> <laughs> I was given that album at at a similar, not, not five, I was probably seven or eight, I was given a, a copy of that album. And absolutely. And, and then it's just like, what the fuck? Yeah, to this day, you know, it's riffs the riffs, man. They still, uh... They still hold up? It still hold up, man. It still hold up. And that's like I think the most awesome thing about James Hetfield. Me personally, like you know, my admiration for uh, his right hand downstroking technique. I mean, that's like that shit's essential to uh, like once I started playing guitar, I like you know learned that that technique first. You know, absolutely. The down, the, the down pick palm mute. You know. Oh yeah, and just seeing some of the ways he plays riffs is, is insane. Like, oh, yeah. where he does like this weird kind of spider chord where he'll play like a, it's like a stacked power chord. And he'll, yeah. and he'll lift up two, uh, like his index and ring finger and still be power cording with his middle and pinky. And it, oh, yeah. it, it's so weird. Yeah, man. He's, uh, or like these weird, weird pull offs and shit that he does. Oh, yeah. Yeah, man. He commands, commands the axe. That's one of the reasons why. You know, my favorite guitarist is the Explorer, you know? Right. I definitely, definitely have been scouring the internet to not drop like $8,000 on one of those lawsuit ESPs from, <laughs> from, <laughs> from that black album there, you know? Cause oh my God. those guitars are the shit. And I you know, those. I actually know somebody who has one. Oh yeah. Yeah. And you, know, it, you know, you let me know if he wants to part ways with it. <laughs> he it's it's the funny thing about it because he has the ESP edition of it and he has the LTD edition of it too. Yeah, and it's it's so cool. That's <laughs> like, like it is that those those EMGs in there. You know, I thought the and the Gibson that I play on the Explorer that I play in uh, Haymonger, it's a uh, Shred X. It's like a limited edition uh, Explorer, and it's got it's, it's heavy as hell, but it's got a Kaler Bridge and EMGs. And like you know, the fretboard's all blacked out. Nice. That guitar, it's it's definitely my favorite guitar. What's the configuration of the EMG though? Do, do you know it, like an eighty-one, eighty-five? Is it an 80, 80, 89, 85. 89, 85. Awesome. Hell yeah. yeah. I always like it. You know, the eighty-one, eighty-five is pretty much that classic setup. You know, Zach Wild right. plays it. Carrie King plays it, but he plays it with the decibel boost on there. And mm-hmm. when you get something yeah, like and Carrie King's always got his like his uh, sustainer. Yep, and it's the sustainer with that, tw- and it's a twenty decibel uh, coil tap. Right, and yeah, it ju- it his it, it just makes him scream. Honestly, oh it, yeah, 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 it's made all for the, nothing but feedback. Yeah, all those pinch harmonics, you know, and the squeals, and you just hold it out Definitely. for forever you know it's like it's sustains like it'll it'll keep on going if you hold that you hold that note man hey it's mark maxwell at maxwell's house of music listen all this stuff is now available to purchase on our website check it out at maxwell's house of 
we carry all the top brands, like Fender. We got Gibson. We also have basses. We've got ukuleles. We've got drums. We've got sound gear. We've got keyboards. It's going to get weird as the name of the podcast. We're on season two. So you have a whole season to get weird with Frank Green and Scott Clark. The best part is there's always laughter. We have national touring comedians, NFL stars, rock stars, your local friends. It always gets weird. Weird answers. Have y'all ever snorted coke off of a 78 Pinto? No? You ain't no Man. Weird questions. Who had a bigger cocaine habit, Jock Sutherland or Kaywood Ledford? Neither one, because they stopped beating their wives. <laughs> and weird, we never even thought of. Well, no, my friend is on acid, and I sent my friend to go find a payphone so that I can call and turn myself in for murdering this guy and ruin my life. We love all types of people, but we don't love all people. <laughs> weird. It's gonna get weird. Is the name of the podcast available everywhere? And thank you to Big X Sports Radio for being a proud sponsor of It's Gonna Get Weird. Frank Green, Scott Clark. Yeah. If you could relive any age of your life, what would it be? Oh, man. Probably uh, probably the, that early 90s period. That was uh, that was really a big deal for me, you know, because that, that was like my introduction to a lot of music. That was back when MTV used to play videos. Metal videos, yeah. Yeah, metal videos. <laughs> and, and, and Headbangers Ball was was on point, you know. When that all kind of faded away, once MTV stopped playing videos, for the most part, like in the mid-90s, that was the end of the era, you know? It, it really was. I, I I watched that fall as well, and it was... And then when, like, the late it's 90s... It's painful to watch, man. <laughs> right. And then, like, in the late 90s when, like, Fuse came out. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And that was, and that was good, you know, but, like, it's like you had to have, cable, like, you know, the, the next cable package in order to get that shit. You know? Right. And, and, yeah, my parents weren't buying it. <laughs> not, yeah, no, not for that. Then, like, we had the... I don't know if you remember the box. I think that might have just... Been, oh, like, yeah. No, no. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, we had it here in Louisville as well. You could uh, you could call in for, like, 99 cents a minute and request yeah. songs. And Yeah, then, and then your parents would get that phone bill and you'd be a deep shit. Right. <laughs> Definitely. Um, like, who, 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 ordered, who ordered all these videos? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, man. Yeah. They they get pissed, dude. Like crazy pissed. Oh yeah, but yeah, that was that was like uh, that was the golden era. You know? That was uh, that was when I I still have a shitload of CDs, and, but like a lot of the CDs that I have are from me, you know, going to a record store with my allowance money and getting something like once a week, you know. Definitely remember those days myself, and I I kind of am back at that. You know, I, I just recently bought a house and I'm like, all right, now I got to really budget my music purchase. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's, those grown up things will get in the way of, uh, yes, our hobbies and, uh, passion. You know, yeah. The music, the music and our passion, what we enjoy to collect. <laughs> oh, for sure. Um, Jerome, dude, do you have any shout outs you want to give to anybody before the last question today? 
Oh, shout outs. Uh, I want to give a shout out to uh, Rodney Pollock. He's the uh, band manager of Macabre. I didn't really get a chance to talk about Macabre that much, uh, but I've tour managed with those guys. I've rode with them. And uh, I just saw him last night. It was a show at Reggie's and I was bartending. And, uh, you know, him and I used to uh, used to do Metal Sundays Exit, Exit, which unfortunately I don't think is, is going to come back. But it was a legendary punk bar in Chicago that been around for over 30 years and every Sunday we would do metal Sunday and that's where I kind of cut my teeth a lot with uh, exposure to uh, a lot of underground shit but also uh, he eventually gave me the opportunity to start DJing there and at this point this was like eons ago and then before I knew it I was bartending it you know it was a good time while it lasted, but he's a, he's an awesome guy. It's a big, big part of the uh, local metal community here in Chicago, uh, behind the Chicago uh, Metal Factory and uh, Mind Melt videos. So if you ever see any like old sick videos from the early 90s or late 80s, or even any time throughout the 90s, uh, you know, Mind Melt was uh it was always him you know recording it so hell yeah shout out to him and uh scott davidson from rebel radio for sure yeah those guys are all uh essential players here and uh very much responsible for my life of metal (laughs) i've known them since i was a little kid so hell yeah man as always links will be listed below so give these guys a like a share and a follow go buy some uh music on Bandcamp from them support these guys in any way you can because that's what fucking metal is about and final question of the day oh final question of the day what you got what album changed your life Ooh, that's a hard one. Because obviously there's been a lot, I'm sure. Yeah. But that one thing, that one made it, one album that made everything click. Rain and Blood. Okay. For sure. For sure, Rain and Blood. Yeah, I remember like I bought that when I was like 10 or something like that. You know, my parents were all religious and whatnot. I think everybody was at that time, you know. Right. <laughs> Nowadays, it's like, you ask that question and everybody's like, eh. <laughs> but, you know, back in the 90s, it was like, to have that album was like, I remember listening to it and reading through the lyrics, you know, like, uh, I'm fucking going to hell. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> like it, was, it was one of those things where I was like, oh man, it's like just by listening to this, and it's like, I'm probably going to be condemned to uh, an eternity in, in Hades or some shit like that. But, uh, yeah, like, and it, like, kind of, like, you know, at first I was, like, kind of, like, you know, scared about it. I was, like, oh, man, I, I, like, really love this. Like, I think the fact that I love it is probably, like, is it a bad thing? Is it a good thing? And, uh, it was a great thing. And it was it was a, a life changing thing. And, you know, I still to this day listen to that album all the time. But, like, that's definitely what made it click for me. You know, that was also my introduction to even more extreme heavy things. Even though I'm younger, like, I think I had, like, the, uh, the ears, the ear, uh, earplugged compilation. Right. From like 94, 95, something like that. And, uh, that had Entombed and like Dismember and, or not Dismember, but, um, it was, it was like Entombed was on there, Carcass was on there, like all, all the, the earache bands, you know, back when earache was the shit. Right. And, um, yeah, that was definitely another one of those. It was like a compilation of just 
you know, things that like push me over into more extreme, heavier metal. And then also the relapse contaminated 3.0 compilation. That's fucking, that, that's also, those are two honorable mentions. Definitely. That's how I was like exposed to Cephalic Carnage and Mastodon when they used to be on relapse. And, you know, their, their first album to this day is like, that's like my favorite, favorite Mastodon album. I still listen to that all the time, you know, not to say that any of the other works they've been doing since Leviathan or not Leviathan, but remissions as, you know, hasn't been good or anything, but that, that album is still just supreme and like, that that was like the metal album, you know. Right, it really was, and you know that's a thing that's kind of like the mixtape deal. Obviously, his tape has went away and now came back, but aside from that fact, when tape went away in in the you know late nineties, you know the the mixtapes kind of went away, and then we had uh, you know mixed CDs and compilation CDs. That, right, right, right. You know, I always remember getting the Roadrunner compilations. Yeah. You know, and those were those are good, you know. Yeah, I mean, back when they had Sepultura, <laughs> right, right, and when when they started getting bands like Nickelback, you know. <laughs> yeah, that's you what it was didn't like. Want it uh, anymore. Right, right. That and, was that's all that corporate, you know, rock bullshit, though. You know. Oh yeah, it's kind of. But the thing about we, it, the they're coming back. It seems like you know, like Soul Grinder Zine had they release compilation cds all the time anymore and and it's cool that 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 culture is is kind of coming back now yeah because it's not just a split or you know a four-way split it's like you know 23 or 24 songs of awesome fucking bands from all over the world and exactly and that's the stuff that i always enjoyed getting is like you know street team membering and stuff like that back in the day hell yeah man Definitely. it was uh those were the days. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. The the glory days of metal. And and, oh, and a yeah. quick note, you know, you were talking about how you got rain and blood and you felt like it was like, Am I supposed to have this? Yeah. You know, I totally get what you're saying with that. You know, I didn't necessarily have religious parents or anything, but like I was raised in a religious area and right. in a in in a rural area of southern indiana. Oh yeah. And it's, it's like always, if you have that it's like uh you were you were a little let, fuckhead. Yeah, <laughs> you know? Don't 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 let your local pastor know about that or like right. cancel like or you know, you know grab the CD and chuck it out the window. <laughs> yeah, it was very much viewed as people who listened to like bands like Slayer were bad kids. Type yeah, we're like and, you know, worship the devil. And it's like no, exactly, no, no, no. and it's and it, <laughs> and then now being an adult, you know, looking back on it, it's like it's just like silly. It's like, are you serious? Fucking like, I can't believe people like thought that way. Yeah, man, it's uh, satanic panic, bro. <laughs> <laughs> exactly, exactly. Jerome, dude, thank you so much for coming on to this week's episode of the Metal Forge. Coming to absolutely a coming to a close of spooky season, unfortunately. Because yeah. every month needs to be Halloween. <laughs> every month needs that. to be October. Every day is Halloween. <laughs> That's right. So oh, off, yeah. off of the Vile Maxim, what are we playing out today? Oh, man, I played Disinformation Campaign. That's the jam. All right. That's, uh, that's, that's the one song I, I kind of didn't get into uh, how the Vile Maxim is pretty much like four songs about you know, the elements of the four horsemen of the apocalypse, but that's the one that's not about that, but kind of just about the, the world in which we live now, you know, a disinformation campaign has been 
you know, launched in, into our into our thoughts and minds, and uh, you know, it's fucking everything up. But uh, I think as long as people can look through it and find the truth, uh, we might not be completely fucked. But otherwise, we're on our way to a dystopian future. So. <laughs> Definitely. And as you heard him, this is disinformation campaign.
Hey, thank you all for tuning into this week's episode of the Metal Forge. I want to take a minute to remind you guys about the Patreon page. Over on the Patreon page, we have the tiers set up to support the production of the show. We feature the Down and Dirty, which is just a buck. There's nothing special for that one. It just sends me a thank you because every dollar helps. Then there's the Double Down and Dirty. Much akin to the Down and Dirty tier, everything helps produce the show in the end. You make your presence known, and I appreciate that more than you realize. Thank you for being a dedicated friend and supporter to the Metal Forge. By selecting that tier, you will receive some cool Metal Forge stickers in your mailbox. Now... We're really going to start pounding the metal madness with the Apprentice Metalhead for just $5 a month. By becoming an Apprentice Metalhead, you'll be given early access to the shows, published 24 hours before everyone else gets it. You're also going to receive three entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You're also going to receive a 10% discount on all Metal Forge merch, and you're going to receive a sweet Metal Forge patch for your battle jacket or backpack. And now, here is the big one. This is the Master Metalhead for just $10 a month. By becoming a Master Metalhead, you will receive a hand-numbered Metal Forge Master Metalhead membership card. You're going to be given early access to the shows as well, with 36 hours before everyone else. You're going to receive five entries in any contest that we do here at the Metal Forge. You'll be able to submit audio questions that I will use on the show of you asking questions to the upcoming guests. Remember, timing is everything, and you will need to keep up with the upcoming guest list on the website. You're also going to receive advanced knowledge of any new merch coming out and be given a 25% discount on all Metal Forge merch. And you're also going to get all of the other rewards from the other tiers. So visit patreon.com slash Metal Forge Radio today and help support the Metal Forge. Rock on. <laughs>